Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had a good week and that you're looking forward to this one. And we spent a lot of time last, uh, last week about this whole idea of love and how do you know if you are truly loved? How do you know when you're loved? And what, what you know, how do we know what love really is? And so I want you to think about this. I want you to think about, look at romance novels and why these are so popular, so enduring. I mean, they've been going on since the beginning of, like, for however long. So we see this most enduring and popular theme in romance novels. It really reflects the story of Jesus. See, he's the hero that comes to rescue, to save the character that's in bondage, distress, and heartache. The hero that really sees them for who they are when no one else did. The hero that loves and lives and dies, if necessary, for the main character. Then taking them out of the hell they live in, he then lives with them in a beautiful kingdom. A kingdom with respect and no pain, no stress, no bondage, no hurt. Right? Heaven. So we see this tendency for humans. This has been... These stories have been written even before Christ appeared. So what we see in that sacrifice is then change occurs when we're willing to fearfully face ourselves. Because this is where we have to really be able to accept love, to receive love in order to love well. When we're willing to endure pain, that produces gain. And remember, I have that saying that I made up, you know, you can either have pain in vain or pain for gain, but you can never have no pain, right? So you can have pain in vain, so you can just get through the pain and it does nothing but make you worse, or you can have pain for gain that causes you to be a deeper, more accepting, more tolerant, stronger more honest person, but you're never going to have a place on this planet where there is no pain. So if I'm only surviving the pain, then I'm not gaining anything from the pain, if I'm just going to try to survive it and get through it. So even if the relationship that you're in right now is highly dysfunctional, maybe even you're with an abusive person, you can still turn that pain into gain versus just surviving the pain. So I can allow that pain to strengthen me, to deepen me, to cause me to be more humble and help me to be more authentic and then really, truly recognize abusive and dangerous people. See, even in all these romance novels, there's always a villain, right? That has a tendency to trick the main character before the real hero shows up. So how do we know the difference? Well, I have this great quote that I found from Shakespeare that I really love, and this is what he says. 
He, sl- he says, love all, trust few, do wrong to none. I mean, that's amazing. That, that, that really encapsulates the whole entire, you know, process of what really, truly love is. Love all, love everyone, trust few, and do wrong to none. So if I'm going to do this, I have to really look at relationships and the imminent pain that's going to be there. And I need to be able to see the difference between a perfect person and a trustworthy person. See, trustworthy persons still hurt our feelings. Trustworthy people still can let us down because we know there's no perfect people. So I'm going to trust God implicitly because he's perfect. However, I do not, and let me repeat this, I do not trust humans implicitly. Why would I do that to them? Why would I set them up to fail? I want people to trust me and know I'm a trustworthy person, but I don't want them to trust me implicitly. See, what does trustworthy mean? Trustworthy people make mistakes. But the operative word here is they care when they make that mistake. And they usually feel worse than you do about what they've done. And a trustworthy person learns from their mistake. So I'm going to make mistakes in my relationships, and I'm going to hurt the people that I love. But if it truly bothers me, if it wounds me when I know that I've transgressed someone I love, and actually it might even keep me awake at night, As a result, I do everything I can to fix it as quickly as possible and do what I need to do in order to make it right and make sure it never happens again. And I make sure the person knows that if I'm a repeat offender, that I actually am working on it. And I'm appreciating their patience, even though I know their patience is not going to be forever. And that they know that I'm rectifying the issue as soon as possible And that I'm exceedingly thankful for grace and forgiveness while I work it out. See, this is what trustworthy people are like. Versus the individual that wounds me, scars me, marks me, and then continuously says they're sorry, but they never change. See, this is not a trustworthy person. That's the difference between a relationship that creates healthy pain for growth and humility And an abusive relationship that will only elicit your need to survive. So I need to be careful with whom I'm trusting my heart. It's imperative that I have appropriate expectations on humans. So what what do you think love is? I mean, seriously. You know, as you're listening to this show, what is love to you? What does it mean to you? What makes sense to you? I really ask you, what does it feel like to you? Because love is just as unique as every individual that experiences it and gives it. This is why it's so powerful when you find that one person that works. There are billions of people on the planet, right? If it weren't this issue of originality and uniqueness, it would be easy to find someone that works. But instead, it feels like a miracle when you find the one person. So this is where we want to make sure that if we don't have that one person, that we are working on being that one person. So that when that person shows up, 
We know it, and they know it as well. See, this is, this is why God is so amazing. He can be all things to all people. He's so substantive, so everything. He's our all in all. And he works for everyone in relationship. He, he really gets that part of you that no one else gets. It's because he made you for him. He knows you, and he really likes you. He doesn't like everything you do. I mean, trust me, we know that. I don't like everything I do. But the most amazing feeling that he gives us is that he loves us. He laid his life down for us, but he also likes us. Now, if you've ever been loved by someone but not liked by them, it's nice to be loved by someone. That's a lot of times what we have in our families, but we may not like them very much. But when you are loved and liked, wow, it doesn't get any better than that. So God does both for us, which is amazing. In and of itself, he wants to be with you all the time. And we're not all very likable people, but he likes us and wants to be with us all the time. He just doesn't like everything we do. And he knows us completely. So this is tremendously healing, tremendously affirming, and encouraging all at the same time. So this insight about how God loves and how to be a trustworthy person is really what we want to take away so that we actually know how to love people well and we know how to receive love and we know if we are truly being loved, not just hearing words or even seeing some actions every now and then, but actually experiencing what really love is. So let's take a minute. Let's look at the inverse of love. So what, what for you is not love? Think about people you've been in relationship with or that you're currently in relationship with. And they tell you that you love, that they love you. And you want to say to them, then please stop loving me. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, if that's the love that you have for me, please stop doing it because it doesn't feel like love. So what do you think love isn't? Well, we do know that apathy, indulgence, passivity, reckless freedom, which obviously leads to bondage, or enabling, being dishonest, shaming, blaming, guilting, judging, controlling, guilting. The person that refuses to meet their own needs is not someone that loves well. In order to truly love well, you have to know your own needs, and you have to be willing to meet them. And if someone wants to help you meet your needs, wow, that's a bonus. But it is highly abusive to not take care of your needs, not take care of yourself, and expect to be loved. That's what we do with infants, toddlers, and teens, even pets. That's not adult love. So if I say to the Lord, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know, God, you can show me. What we find is that the only way we can know what love is is if we know the one who is love. See, as we said, we don't even know when pain is love. We may think it's painful and abusive when really it isn't. And conversely, when it feels good, we may find out that it's simply intense pleasure. 
and that there's no real love at all. So this is where you want to say to yourself, the best way for me to know what true love is, is to know the one who is love, who created love, who is able to love all the time and love perfectly. The better I get to know that person, the better he helps me know myself, the better I learn to love me and love me well, hold me accountable, forgive myself, learn to enjoy my own company, not let myself down, I will begin to know what love truly is. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of love. How do you know if you're truly loved? Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Haya, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And if you're just tuning in, you can always listen to the shows on all the different podcast servers. We are on the majority of them now. I'm very thankful to my assistant, Amy, for doing that. That is amazing. And I have another great assistant, Faith, who has been with me a very long time. And I really love these women. (laughs) I mean, they are really helpful to me and very forgiving and very accepting of me and the way that I work, which is sometimes a little different than I don't know what the norm may be. So today we are talking about how do you know what love is? What are some signs that you're truly loved? How do you really know if you are loved? And we we really spent some time in the first segment talking about what love really is and how do you know what it is and we left off with saying the best way to know real love true love sacrificial love accepting love forgiving love is to know who is love because one of the things that love does is loves even when it's not loved back See, think about God. He loves us all the time, even when we're not loving him, even when we disrespect him, ignore him, talk badly about him, refuse him, sin against him. He loves us. So this is one of the things that you want to think about. How do I understand what real love is if I don't know the one who created love? So let's look at some things that tell us romantically if someone truly loves us. And this was written by a person named Mylon Raychek. And this is helpful when you're really looking at what romantic love may be. And that would be what we talk about when we say Eros love. Because we have three types of love. And we're only going to be really, we're going to be talking about agape love in a lot of ways. Agape love is love for fellow humans, love for self, love for God. It's a friendly love in many ways. And then we have phileo love, and that's, and that's a brotherly love. That's maybe sometimes our best friend. It's our families. It's the people that we actually choose. And eros love is the last thing that shows up in a relationship, if it's appropriate. And that's that romantic sexual love, that real intense electric feeling of I can't wait to see this person. And I'm like plummeting to the depths of hell because I think they might not like me. Or why haven't they called me back, right? So when you think about someone romantically loving you, so there's really no guarantee. But 
what you want to think about is usually no matter how great your day might be going, the special person wants to make it better for you. So if your partner truly loves you, then when they talk about their future, they include you. Because, see, true commitment means seeing a forever with another person. So they're talking about the us, not just me, not just you. Another key indicator of successful long-term intimacy is investment. Is that person investing in you? Are they learning who you are? Are they interested in what makes you tick? Are they willing to accept foibles and weird idiosyncrasies and things that are maybe irritating, annoying, and frustrating, but not abusive, illegal, unethical, immoral, right? So no matter what's going on in their lives, they want to spend time with you. But they would rather spend time with you than anybody else. How about your partner needs to be kind? How many times I say to clients all day, every day, be kind, be kind to you, be kind to others. Consider it respectful. A relationship that's going to flourish has to have this mutual respect of consideration and kindness, courtesy. I, I, I take sometimes an entire session with couples and talk about courtesy. I say to them, if you just be courteous to one another, you'd be amazed how good you will both start feeling about one another. And when we truly love someone, we don't hide our true self. We really let them know who we are. And we act the same way around you or me, that true love person, as maybe they do around their friends. So it isn't like they're faking it with us and then they go be with their friends or their family and that's who they really are. So there needs to be some, some integration. There needs to be some familiarity. There needs to be some congruency. That they're not different people in every segment of their life. And this is a big one. Love requires giving to someone with no thought of how it might be repaid. So when your partner really loves you, they really, truly want to just give you things even if you don't always have it be equal because it really is impossible to make things equal in the adult world. It's very difficult to make it fair. We can make it equitable. We can make it somewhat congruent. We can certainly make it moral. We can make it ethical. But making it fair is very difficult. And so they don't keep record of all the right things they do, and they don't keep record of all the wrong things that you do. And that their actions match their words. This is super important when it comes to somebody that has morality, ethics, that has integrity, that has character. Do their actions match their words? And are their actions actually louder than their words? Does your partner ask about how your day is? Are they interested in your life? Do they give you compliments? And I mean compliments that truly show they appreciate you and the important aspects of your character and your personality. See, if someone really loves you, they also don't try to change you. They don't want to turn you into a different type of a person, which is the person that maybe they really actually liked and they'd hope that you'd become that person. No, they accept you for who you are 
And the things that need to change are usually things that emanate from you, that you recognize that need to be changed. And if it is character, if it is just idiosyncrasies, then they might kindly say to you, hey, you know, this would make a big difference for me. You know, if you don't do it, it's okay, I still love you, but man, this would be really nice. This is super important to understand. Part of being in love is also being able to listen and being committed that you don't give up on yourself, you don't give up on you. The best way to show someone how much you love them is to take care of the one they love. The better you take care of you, that's a respect issue for people. It shows how much you care for them because you're not wanting to bring unnecessary hardship into their life because you're being irresponsible with your own. So these are ways you can really tell in romantic relationships how someone loves you. So this person truly cares about you. They want to be there for you. They'll have your back even when everybody else hates you. When you've done a terrible, stupid thing that's embarrassing, they still love you. When you, your body changes, they still love you. When you're not that fun to be around, they still love you. And a lot of that has to do with how well you manage yourself. Because when I say to people, listen, if you want to be liked, be likable. If you want to be loved, be lovable. Put some effort into it. Don't make it so hard for people to love you. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me as we do the next half of this hour on how to know you are truly loved. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. We are in the second half of our hour show today. So glad that you joined me. And if you're just tuning in, you can always listen to the shows uh, in their entirety on the KPXQ 1360 Faith Talk radio site. You can also go to my website and they're there. And you can also look at your favorite podcast server. They're probably on that as well. Just look for Conversations with Cynthia. If we're not on your, your podcast server, you are more than welcome to email me. Let me know. We'll see if we can do what we can do to get on that one for you. So we are talking about how to know you are truly loved. What is love really? How do we know what love is? And so I want to give you just some bullet points. When you really think about what does it mean if someone wants, if someone really loves me? Well, think about the way that that Jesus acts with people. Think about the way God interacts with you, how he talks toward you and about you. And so one of the number one things we know when we truly love people is we want to be with them. So why would you say to, that you love someone, but you never want to spend time with them? And this is important. You want to say, wow, what is going on here? So if someone really wants to hang out with you a lot, they probably love you, like you, or are absolutely falling in love with you. Acceptance. One of the most beautiful things about true love is acceptance. God accepts us right where we're at. And one of the greatest insights God gave me just recently, when he said to me, Cynthia, acceptance does not mean agreement. So see, I can accept my husband's struggles. He can accept my mistakes. 
So by accepting them, it doesn't mean he's saying, okay, now that's the new way we're going to act. He's not agreeing with it. I'm not agreeing with whatever it is with him. I'm accepting who he is, that that's who he is at that moment. And he's accepting me where I'm at because he's trusting that I always am working on being a better version of myself, that he doesn't have to be a police officer with me. He doesn't have to be writing me. He doesn't have to be pointing out everything to me. He knows that I am on top of me and he can just relax and enjoy me and be a positive influence in my life and just try to help me because I'm in charge of me and I've taken myself on as my primary responsibility. So I'm not expecting him to do those things. And I'm not saying to myself, well, if he doesn't say I shouldn't do it, then I guess I'm allowed to do it. Well, that's a teenager. That's a toddler. That's a pet, right? So acceptance, forgiveness, that's a big one. True love forgives. True love absolutely forgives. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. However, it doesn't mean that it doesn't remember. So one of the best ways to help people forget if you've wronged them, don't do it anymore. Have it be in the distant past. Have it be as far in the past as you can make it be. So forgiveness is huge. And one of the best ways to be good at forgiveness is to be able to forgive yourself and to not judge yourself. How about understanding? Everybody loves to be understood. Being understood is a wonderful human feeling that all humans need. That's one of the ways that they feel seen. And we talked a lot about that a couple weeks ago, about why we need to be seen and, and the, the, the power of being seen. So when we feel understood, we feel seen. Commitment is a big one. How committed are you to the people you say that you love? And what's the level of commitment you require from them? And do you give that much back? You believe the best of the person. You really enjoy their successes. You're not jealous or envious over them. You don't compete with the people that you love. You, you're not easily defensive. You're honest. This is a big one. You don't take their problems personally. That's a big one. Don't take them so personally like as if they're doing it to you. They're struggling with their own problems. It may be affecting you because you live with them, you know them, you're around them. But that doesn't mean they're doing it to you. So we can separate their sin from their identity. One of the best feelings is when people separate my sin from who I really am. And they see who I really am. So they want what's best for you. And they don't try to get all their needs met by you, which is a very immature thing. They know how to meet their own needs. So that if you meet needs for them, it's a bonus. And they don't see you as a reflection of themselves so that they're constantly trying to manage how you're doing your life. And they're interested in explanations of why you messed up. But they don't, don't allow them to be an excuse. And they're willing to let you learn. They have patience. Patience, endurance. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment as we really talk about how do you know you are truly loved.
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you so much for joining me. And if you are just tuning in, I always want to encourage you to listen to the shows in their entirety. So you can certainly go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can find uh, Conversations with Cynthia on most of your favorite podcast servers. You can also go to the 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio website, and they have all the shows on that as well. So thank you again for being with me today. And we are talking about this idea of how do you know they love you? How do you know you are truly loved? And so here's, here's some more. We, you know, I gave you some bullet points in the last segment, but I want to elaborate a little bit more. So this one is a really important one. It, it, this one, they can humble, and they will humble themselves when they're wrong. And they're able to ask for and accept forgiveness. This is a huge deal. It's a very loving thing to be able to ask for forgiveness, to receive it, to say that you know you did wrong. This is one of the things that makes our relationship with God work so well. He says, come, let's reason together. Your sins, right? We want your sins to be gone. We want you, you want you to be white as snow. And so we humble ourselves and we admit when we're wrong. And we don't do it just as a way to get the other to admit wrongdoing. We really do it as our own character issue. That even if you were wrong and you won't admit it, I still have to live with myself. So I'm still going to do what's right. So they quickly forgive you when, you're, you when you admit you're wrong. And even if it's a big offense, forgiveness is still quick. And they appreciate that you're realistic in allowing them time to heal and rebuild trust. So they don't wait for you to fix it and rebuild everything before they give you forgiveness. They, forgive you, they give you forgiveness immediately. And then they appreciate that you're willing to let them heal. So they honor what you really need. <laughs> you know, even if you don't, even if they don't understand it, even if they wouldn't need it, they honor that it's a need for you, even if it's inconvenient for them. Or maybe it's unnatural or uncomfortable for them. But they don't judge your needs or your wants. So they're really committed to getting over things as quickly as they possibly can. They don't hold grudges. They don't tell you, oh, I'm fine, or no, I'm okay, when they're really not. But they also don't complicate your transgression by adding all the quote-unquote other issues that bother them. It's like they're making, they're making and stirring a stew with all your past and present struggles. Now, most of us are good at doing that to ourselves as well. So when people truly love you, they don't do that. And they don't take you being a human so personally, as if they're the reason and the target for your struggles and blunders, and take all of your struggles personally. How about this? One of the best ways to show someone that they are truly loved by you is to be courteous, polite, gracious. Not just to friends and family and acquaintances and strangers, but to the one that is closest to you. This helps them be careful and sensitive to support your feelings and your struggles and experiences, maybe with their family as well as with your family. 
So even if they don't see the experience you're having or have the same experience you do, they respect it. And they're, 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 they're supportive of it, even if they don't agree with it. And they still, quote unquote, claim you when you make mistakes, if you're unpopular or when you're just an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I'm so thankful that my husband will still say, yeah, that's my wife. Yep, that's her. Even if I'm doing stupid, idiotic, dumb things because he loves me. So they don't throw you under the bus. They don't publicly shame you. Joining in with stories about you, about your past mistakes and idiosyncrasies. I mean, unless they're really, truly funny. Okay, so I, got to do, I really do have to make that disclaimer. Because sometimes telling stories about the person you love is really fun. But we don't do it in a way that's sarcastic or cutting or shaming or derisive. And so this is super important that they, that they cover you when you do wrong things. Like if people start to throw you under the bus, they'll cover you. Even if it's true, they might say, hey, you don't know him like I know him. And, you know, kind of lay off like they, they've got enough going on right now. Like, is that really helpful? Maybe they'll come to your defense. Even if what you did was wrong. And this is a big one. They truly want to help you achieve your dreams. They don't laugh or scoff at your vision or your dreams, even if they don't see it, even if they don't think it's possible. Now, they may gently tell you the truth, not the naked truth, right? But all the while, they're offering variations or possibilities, and they're reminding you of other qualities and talents you may have. They're sensitive, they're kind, they're compassionate, they're flexible. They don't keep score. They don't compare. They don't keep a list of everything that they hate that you've done. Actually, they keep a list of all the things that you do right. And they remember them and rehearse them and think on those things. See, in all those things that may drive them crazy and bug them and really frustrate them, they don't keep record of that. They remind you and themselves of the good that you do all that was and is good and right. And they keep encouraging you to be the best version of you. They're able to hold the vision of your best version, even when you're not acting like it, even if you don't care, even if you want to quit, and even when you can't even see it. This friend sees you. This lover knows the real you, the great you, the you in process. And also knows that you better get rid of that you too, right? Like, hey, you better get rid of that thing. So we all need to be seen. We all need to be reminded of who we really are. And we all need to know it's safe to not be perfect. And the best way to encourage someone to be accepting of how imperfect you are is that you know you're imperfect and you are on your own game. You're parenting yourself. You're your own supervisor, your own boss, your own cheerleader, your own coach, so that whatever you get from all the other people in your life is a bonus and exceedingly helpful. Just think about the role that cheerleaders have, right? We know about cheerleaders. Well, they're not playing the game. They don't even know how to play the game. In fact, cheerleaders might get killed in the game, but they're cheering on the game. 
So this is what people do when they love us. They cheer us on, even when we're losing. So I love the fact that we have one of the greatest cheerleaders ever, and that would be God. And see, we see that truly, we're so afraid many times that being kind, that if we think we're being kind, that maybe we'll be taken advantage of or mistreated. Well, what I say to people is, do it anyways. Because we always will. We'll be anyways. But we don't have to be controlled over how another person acts. We don't have to change what we know are great character qualities because somebody misused it, mistreated it, or didn't notice it. See, if there's any kindness, if there's any goodness in someone, offering them kindness and gentleness makes more room for them to offer it back to you. Otherwise, we get a very defended version of that person. And defensiveness is one of the biggest relationship killers we have because it makes it impossible to connect and have any intimacy. So think about this beautiful verse that God says. He says, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And unfortunately, many times, especially if it's a very intimate relationship, a close relationship, we need it to change fast because it's hurting us. Well, that would indicate a need for some boundaries, a need to step back a little bit to be a little more observing and not so involved in what it is that they're doing wrong so that you can bring some kindness and recognize that it's not an immediate panacea. It's not going to fix it immediately. Now, sometimes being kind to somebody does fix it immediately if it's a small blunder. But if somebody's working on a character issue and they're getting exhausted by their own problem, and they're getting frustrated, and they are getting tired of working on it. Well, then they need a lot of kindness for a long time. Because remind yourself, you're not responsible for that problem. They're going to stand before God one day and give an account for what they have done. They're not standing before you. So you can give kindness. You're not their parent. You're not their teacher, right? You're not their caregiver in that way. You're a compassionate witness to their life. Be a compassionate witness to their life. One of the greatest ways to love someone is to see their life and have compassion for them, not try to do their life so that your life is better. See, if you want someone to change, really be kind. Because if they're willing and able to change, kindness really does support that happening sooner and it's much more efficient than consequences and anger. Think about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. The Old Testament is all about consequences. And God finally said, that's not working. So he sent Jesus, and Jesus took the consequences of the sin of every human that would ever be created, that would ever live, and every sin that would ever be done. Jesus took those consequences for those behaviors that have been, are happening, and are coming. And so this is what you want to think about. The consequences oftentimes doesn't work. A lot of times, natural logical consequences really work. And that's when whatever it is that I did doesn't work and causes me pain. I might change. But you can't consequence adults. 
So you're going to experience the world much more differently. If you just be kind, you'll be happier. Do you want a kinder and gentler world? Then be kind. Be gentle. If you want to be liked, be likable. If you want to be loved, be lovable. It won't work every single time, but it works more often than not. So I'm so glad you listened to the show today. And I want to make sure that you also send them to your friends. And I have some people that are also doing them as small groups. They're having small groups and they're listening to the podcast. So it's a great way to talk about some things and have the ability to listen with others and hear how they interpret it and what you think. So I appreciate so much you listening to the shows. And I want to remind you about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. And this is the Message Bible. And it says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's known as the golden rule, right? And so we also have, in Luke 6, 31, Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And he takes it even a very conventional quid, quid pro quo method of treating people and turned it on its head. And he says, rather than doing to others what they have done or deserve, treat them the way you want to be treated. So love others, love God, and love you, and do it well. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.